Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the second episode of Pod by the Bay, presented by the Bay Area Examiner. I am your host, Nathan Bond, joined alongside me tonight, Seth Barnador. Uh, Steeg is off on vacation mode. He's in hashtag vacation mode. So we're doing a little two-man weave here uh, this evening as USF football kicks off fall camp. They kicked it off on Tuesday. Uh, Seth, I, the thing that kind of caught my attention, and it, I, it, you know, it happened a few times under like Skip Holtz, and I think Willie Taggart did it once. It's like they would go down to like Vero Beach for like the beginning part of fall camp. So the Bulls are staying at the MC Suites on campus for 11 days. It is just uh, football, film, and family. Uh, they've taken the keys away uh, from the players. So it's just straight up team, team, team for the next 11 days. Um, I wanted to ask you about this kind of off the rip. Did you ever experience anything like that in college, either playing or coaching and uh, talking to people kind of uh, in the coaching realm? Has it really done anything for teams uh, that that you know of? Yeah, so I was um, out of high school. I went to South Carolina, University of South Carolina, and got hurt. And then after that, I had friends at a D2 in West Virginia and uh, like West Virginia, West Virginia, Wheeling, not even in Wheeling. Wheeling was the big city. We were on top of a mountain, uh, West Liberty. It's a super tiny town. And we had our camp like it might have been two weeks before students came on campus. So we were on campus, but there was literally nobody else there. Um, so it was similar. We weren't in a nice hotel or anything like that. We were in dorms and things, but there is something too. I, I, I told my wife when I heard about, uh, the hotel thing, I was like, man, that's so cool. And she was kind of like, all right, whatever. <laughs> but I, to <laughs> me, I, I love like, that's awesome because, um, you know, you have the big meeting rooms at the hotel the guys can, you know, you don't have to worry about anything else. I'm just, all your food's going to be on site, everything. You just got to wake up. It makes all that stuff easier. You don't have to worry about wrangling people. Um, and you do. I mean, there's nowhere else to go. So you've got to spend time, you know, with your teammates, with your coaches, which I think with the new staff is probably a, a good idea just to get to know those guys even more. But, yeah, I, I think it's fun. Um, I think that's probably 11 days is probably, like, the limit to it. Um, <laughs> right. but, but, yeah, we, we kind of had something similar, and that was just because, like, you could leave, but you were on top of a mountain that was like 20 minutes away from everywhere, and they kept you in meetings till 10 o'clock at night every night. So you could leave, but not really. So, yeah, I've, I've, I've experienced something similar. It was, uh, it was, it was interesting, but um, it would been, I would have enjoyed it a lot more if I was in the embassy suites. I could tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the, kind of where I wanted to lead things off. So, uh, the, I mean, the crux of, the USF Media Day that was held uh, on uh, Tuesday earlier this week, uh, or Monday or Tuesday, um, it was uh, the, the reoccurring theme for head coach Alex Golish since he's been here is be who you say you are, right? And it's uh, if you he kind of emphasized that during the press conference uh, about the coaching staff. Hey, if you said you're going to do something for a kid, you 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 better freaking do it, whether it's you know the conversation, what have you. Um, what can this do for a, a pretty young program? I mean, there's a lot of seniors on this team, but it's a program that's experienced no success 
in five years. Um, you know, you, you got to love, you got to love who you're playing for, right? You got to believe that the guy next to you is, has your best intentions. Uh, right. And then the, the coaching staff has you also your best intentions, like it, it, at the forefront, what can uh, this 11 day, like galvanization of just being around each other, what can it do for a program uh, that has just kind of been on the struggle bus for God, five years. Well, I think there's, you know, like, you know, there's something to, uh, you know, I'm not like a super rah-rah guy, but there's something to team camaraderie, everybody pulling in the same direction. I think also for, you know, a team that's got a good mix of like, there are some older established guys with a bunch of younger guys that they're probably hoping can play. Uh, depending on how they do the room situation, you can kind of really get a good idea of the younger guys if they're staying with, you know, like let's say just for an example, you got Byron Brown with Gary Bohannon. That's a good way for, Byram to look and say, okay, how does this guy prepare? How does he take care of his body after practice? How does he prepare for the practice the following day? How does he review uh, the earlier practice? All that kind of stuff, I think, can be important. And on the coaching side, I think it's you you get to spend a lot more time with these guys, just one on one and non. It's obviously kind of still a football setting, but you know, non not on the field, not in the meeting room. I'm sure they're going to have fun stuff. Um the good kind of hazing maybe like where you have to like sing a song not where you've got to run through naked bodies into the shower right 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 right. those kind of things can still be fun or you know you might have to sing the alma mater or something like that or um just put you with somebody i remember you know when i was a player we had to um you know meet up with you had to go kind of sit down with somebody from a different position group from a different area of the country talk learn where's this guy from where's his hometown what does he like to eat you know that just like silly stuff like that and then splitting the team up into groups and doing little fun competitions and things like that there's there's good team building exercises that can be done and it's when nobody else is on campus or nobody else is kind of with you it gives you a little bit more freedom to 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 let loose a little bit and and have a good time without uh going overboard but i i think it can it can be beneficial in multiple ways Absolutely. And then there was a clip uh, kind of circulating around the internet uh, Monday or Tuesday. It was uh, Aaron Rodgers um, kind of breaking down the quarterbacks. Uh, I think it was right after practice or uh, just kind of saying, hey, go eat with somebody in the lunchroom that you you don't eat with. Don't eat with the same people and over and over again. Um, we'll see if it pans out for the Jets. You know, they're going to be on hard knocks. It's going to be it, it just it's I can't wait. I think it starts uh, August 8th, if I'm not mistaken, or August 6th, somewhere around there. Uh, the first episode airs, so I know I'll be glued to HBO for that. But, I, you know, it worked for Remember the Titans, you know, learning. They solved racism in like 11 days, so, I mean, what I know. did this it, team get figured out? Uh, seriously, that's uh, that's truly remarkable what they were able to do and uh, the history of it all. And, you know, by God, they're going to remember the Titans. Yeah, that, that was about um, 11 days. There you go. Yeah, just yeah, just about it solved everything. Um, kind of bouncing off of that to this, the net. I guess the next reoccurring theme for uh, Golish in his uh, press conference this week, as we you know gear into, I can't believe it. What we're less than a month away, something like that, from game one. Um, it it was account of you know adversity, accountability. It was what's going to happen when these guys get punched in the mouth. Now that has been a theme for us 
Uh, it was a major theme for us in, in 2018, 2019, especially uh, under Charlie Strong, where you know, they, they got punched in the mouth and we wanted to know how they were going to respond and they just, they wilted. And for a new staff, there's no way for them to know, you know, spring practice that he talked about it, it's controlled, everything's controlled, GPS, everything, like everything is so utterly controlled during spring, summer, fall camp. What are you actually going to do, players and coaches alike, when adversity strikes? Um, as someone who played, coached, how do you try to teach that or or try to convert uh, that lesson of, hey, you know, sometimes things go sideways and you've got to figure it out, like where where do you go from okay talk about it talk about it then you're actually doing said overcoming adversity yeah i i think he even said it you gotta he's i think he said you gotta manufacture it a little bit right i, I believe he said I don't, i've listened to so many coaches <laughs> press conferences so they're kind of ready to go but i think he said he said something to the effect of manufacturing adversity and that's something you can do pretty easily just um give one side of the ball a a, a bad whistle you know spot the ball an extra couple yards up don't call a holding call like stuff like that or 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 get really aggressive with the whistle on one side you know there are things that you can do like that to where we're gonna make it really hard on the defense today and see if they just fold under it or you know we're gonna make it really hard on the offense today we'll we'll see if they can respond you know you can pick um there are certain drills where certain sides of the ball have an advantage so you can say, hey, we're going to do a real competition today. Whoever wins this, you know, doesn't have to do extra sprints or whatever. And then you you pick a drill that's obviously slanted towards the defense. Okay, how's the offense going to respond? Are they going to come out and are they going to come out and just kind of wilt and say, oh gosh, you know, we never this is drills not for us. We never win this. Or are they going to like overcome the adversity and win it? Right. So you can manufacture it in, in ways like that. I mean, there's other way. I don't. I would imagine if you with the with the emphasis on being honest and doing what you say with the players, like you could lie to them and say we're going to do this, and then switch it up and do something totally different, and and you know, like you know, we're going to run extra now, or you, know, you can. But I, I don't think they're going that route. But you can definitely like tilt things in one side's favor and say, hey, this is a competition, and really kind of and put your foot uh, on one side of the scale there. And mm-hmm. kind of help somebody else. I think that's kind of an easy way to do it, and that's a way that will drive players crazy too. If you, you know, oh, interference, first down again, you know, and when you get off the field on third down, that'll that'll drive you nuts. But um, that kind of stuff, I think, is a good way to easily do it. What was as a as a player? What was you know in your experience? What was the one thing that you just absolutely hated when you know coaches are trying to manufacture that? What was the one that was like? You as a quarterback, and you I mean what's the like? Come on, you gotta be kidding me! That was not the holding or or whatever. Yeah, I think like just being heavy on the whistle, or or like really ticky tack with things, or because <clears throat> um, you could start calling, you know, like you could start calling equipment violations. Because if if a guy has like his shirt <laughs> rolled up, you know what I mean? Like, oh, no knee pad, you know, like you can really get like really uh, into the nitty gritty. So that kind of stuff is tough, or you know. Um, you know, or if you're doing like, say your side of the ball is doing really well. And then they're like, all right, there's one play to, and it's like, well, we've been winning all day. And now <laughs> it just comes down to, you know, one play on the goal line. So, you know, that kind of stuff, um, can get annoying, but that's the kind of stuff where if you're, you know, kind of at the top of your game, 
you're like, great, one play, we're going to go win it, we'll be good. Like, if you're a competitor, you really want to go out and win it. Uh, but it can be tough. Like, so, so those kind of things where it's a little bit of mind gamey, but, um, this stuff, you, you might get a bad whistle in a game for the whole game. So it's, it's good to kind of get people ready for that. Hey, maybe we're not going to get all the calls, you know, when we're playing Alabama. Right. <laughs> well, we're going to, yeah. we may, we probably need them, but we're not probably not going to get them, you know, even though it's yeah. a home game. Right. So those kind of things. We I think, think September kind of 16th, you're not going to get very many calls, guys. So <laughs> even though it's a home game, I don't think you're going to get very many calls yeah. that particular day. That makes sense. Um, as an aside, I've been thinking about this. And I don't know why I've never asked you in like what the five years that we've kind of talked and, and covered USF together. Um, so quarterbacks, red jerseys all throughout practice, uh-huh. right? All, th- all throughout camp, even weeks leading up to games, red jerseys, you know it. Do not touch them. Do not touch them. How, as a quarterback, do you prepare to get hit by like a 300-pound lineman that you don't see coming? Like, how do you replicate? Like, you always talk about like replicating like game situation stuff. As a quarterback, how do you replicate just getting absolutely pancaked by a guy coming from your blind side that you just don't see? I don't. Well, when I was lower on the totem pole, like when I was when I was really young, we didn't do. They didn't give us red jerseys, so (laughs) I just got used to getting blindsided. Um. Yeah, I don't know. You just got to you by that point where they're really conscious of that kind of stuff, you're probably used to it. And, you know, I always try to get the ball out of my hand quickly. So I tried to get uh, understand what was happening before the snap, hit my last step, get the ball out of my hand. So it wouldn't matter if I got a free rusher. Uh, But, yeah, there's not there's not much you can do, but you got pads on. You'll be right. Right. I I mean, you know, kind of looking back a couple of years ago, I think that was probably Jared Williams' biggest problem. He hadn't gotten hit. Yeah, you can get rust too. Eight, eight months, something like that. The whole he, thing. Got hit a, he got hit a lot at Miami, and then it just it was just oh. like went away for you know nearly a year. So that's. Uh, I think that's it's kind of individual too. Some guys enjoy like contact. Like I was a guy that always I didn't mind the contact aspect of it. Um. Like my, I wasn't super fast, uh, so like my my big thing is like I'm gonna sit in the pocket until the very last second, and I'll eat a hit if I have to. Uh, but like I'm just gonna sit here and make my throw. Some guys don't like contact, so I think that's different. You know, like uh, I I don't imagine like a Tim Tebow type guy would didn't it wasn't probably a big psychological issue for him to now we're really hitting for real. I think that he's probably all right with that, but. Some guys, maybe it is. Yeah, absolutely. I've I, been thinking about that for like two weeks. Like, how do you, like, all of these, all the practice reps that you get, everything, how do you replicate just getting absolutely smoked from the blind side? Where yeah, there's not really a good way like, to do it because I've tried, I tried to do it as a coach, like, figure out a way to, to, to kind of simulate that a little bit for guys. Just like hit them with like one of the pads or something like that. Yeah, to get like to the pads that you hey, jump over. You're gonna because I think that it's kind of this is kind of a tangent. Now. I think that's innate, like the ability to just sit in there and have people bearing down on you, and just kind of let it all happen around you without right. pulling your eyes down. I think that's really an innate thing. I don't know if you can teach it, but I was trying to figure out a way to teach it, and there really isn't like a great way. Like maybe have like a pad behind them or something. Like I couldn't quite figure out like a um like a high jump pad or something like that. And then right. have somebody hit him into it, but there, it's not. It's tough. You can't really simulate it at all. So, I think it's more of a mental thing. Each guy. 
Fair enough. Uh, I just wanted to kind of touch on that. And we'll let's kind of shift gears, focus. We've got camp ahead of us. Uh, we're 30 days away, I think, just about. Uh, we're recording August 3rd. Game one is September 2nd. So just about 30 days. Bowling Green, Kentucky, 330 Eastern at Western Kentucky with a very high-powered offense. Austin Reed is phenomenal. Be, Western being able to keep him in Bowling Green was massive for what they're going to be doing uh, this season. He was fantastic coming up. Uh, did he, he he came up two levels? Yeah, he was a D2. He's a West Florida kid, I believe. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so he came up two levels and totally threw the rock around, threw the pill pretty well. And, and I think I think he went in the portal, but allegedly it was like, um, like a pro- is it a um, Grayson McCall situation? It was uh, no, I think it was uh, he's like on the shorter side, so I think some people were like, like he wasn't the first choice for people. I think I think um, that's what I heard from a few places or, or read a few few different places that. It seemed like he wasn't as sought after as he probably should have been just because of his size. Right. And so he's just like, all right, I'll go back. And I think he got some money and everything like that, too. So Works out. Um, we're going to do something real hacky, and I didn't even prep you for this. Nope. Uh, what is the number one thing you're looking to see or hear from fall camp as we prep for kickoff, which is – Rearing its ugly head here pretty soon. I think, um, you know, I don't like defensively. I got to see it to believe it. So I'm not going to believe anything I hear defensively, right? It's just at this point, you, you got to see it, right? Which I, I right. think that's a tough first game, <laughs> just as you mentioned. It. So, all right, prove it. <laughs> like you got probably a, a top, you know, th- uh, top two or three round draft pick at receiver. Good, really good college quarterback. Good luck. But um, I think offensively, maybe a guy at receiver, would like a, a premier receiver or, or kind of a number one established guy or somebody that's like, hey, man, this guy, nobody can guard him, which, again, maybe that's not saying much. But I think that, I think that would be good to hear because I think Golish kind of said himself, this, this group has a high ceiling. He didn't say it in these terms. I think his terms were they could be really good or they could be really average. Right, right. <laughs> so I think I think the group has a uh, high ceiling. So it, it'd be I think I'd like to hear that there's a couple guys hitting that ceiling. If there, if you got a couple guys you can depend on, then the, I think the offense it helps that quite a bit because I think they'll be good at the other skill positions uh, or at least more proven. Right. You think if they can get a guy that's like a legit number one and a and a good number two, then you feel pretty good. Offensive line is obviously the other one. You can get like a we've got a real solid starting five. You feel pretty good, I think, too. Yeah. Um, you, you talk about the wide receiver. So you, you bring back Yusuf Terry, who had a really good spring, had a good spring game going uh before he uh left the game with an injury and he seems to be back healthy. Uh Sean Atkins is still uh sporting that red non-contact jersey. He had a spring injury. Um, I think he had shoulder surgery. Uh, I think it was a torn labrum, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but you bring in transfers, uh, Michael Brown-Stevens from Minnesota, Jaden Alexis from Texas, Seth Jones from Baylor, Damon Smith, which he was, he was a pretty late ad uh, from Oklahoma, um, and then uh, Naeem Simmons from Wagner, who's uh, coming, up a, coming up a level as well. But he was one of the top 
wide receivers uh, in the transfer portal from the FCS level. Um, more of a slot guy, but there uh, there's talent there. Uh, it's a lot of it's unproven talent. Um, not a lot of on the field uh, production from really anybody except for Sean Atkins, which I just find hilarious to me that that like that's your leading returner. Um, but like you said, the the floor is probably like the floor of this room is probably the floor, and then the ceiling is probably one of the better wide receiver rooms that we've had over the last couple of years, right? Like there's legitimate talent. Like you don't get to go to Minnesota, Texas, Baylor, unless you weren't talented yeah. in high school. And then, you know, things just don't work out. What, what have you? I think we're, we're seeing with uh, Jalen Hyatt that like in the NFL, nobody can cover him in training camp. I think the <laughs> offense is yeah. uh, he, a pretty good looked, selling point. He looks fed up on film. <laughs> like I'm looking, there was a story um, Pete Carroll told, cause they were talking about like Reggie Bush's high school. I like tape was so unbelievable that, they had to like recheck it that they used to get tapes where they'd look and they'd be like, this guy is so unbelievably fast. Unbelievable. I can't believe he didn't run, but you know, and then they'd look on the sideline and the cheerleaders like moving, like they're having seizures because they just fast forwarded the tape and recorded it that way to send it to schools. Um, that's what Jalen Hyde looks It looks like he's fast forwarded, but um, yeah, I, I think the room has got physical talent. It seems I, you know, a guy that we didn't even mention Jake Juan Smith, Coming in with his with his legit track speed, right? Ten four guy, like he's another guy that they've got the physical. They seemingly have like the physical talent because that's I think to me, high school ratings are typically more based on your physical capabilities than anything. And you got guys who are like former four stars, so that's uh, and then further back. So when there were less four stars than there are now, so um. I, I think there's talent there. It's just, yeah, is it going to, the offense should be good. Is, or are they going to, are you going to have a guy step up? And that's, that's why I think that's kind of the most interesting position that if I hear there's a guy or two that's really distancing themselves from the group, that'd probably be pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, the running back room, uh, you're replacing Brian Batie, who is off at Auburn now, um, but you bring in for the transfer Naquan Wright. Uh, Kelly Joyner is still here. Um, it seems like if he figures out, I think it was, I honestly think it was more of a confidence issue, him coming back from his injury last late last year than anything else. Cause he, he's shown in the past that he's a very good runner and he can catch the ball and he's quick and shifty enough at this level to do some damage. And then there's Mikey Dukes, the Clemson transfer who scored a touchdown to Florida, but then there were some legal issues and he was suspended from the team indefinitely. And now he's in the team photo and he's in promos that the team is posting and there's been nothing said which way or the other um, about his status. I assume he's just back full go um, after his, his arrest. Uh, still waiting for some clarification on that. Um, so hopefully we'll get that. But the, the running back room's uh, pretty set. They also have a tr- freshman, Jalen Johnson, uh, who is like pretty big back um, and talented. So I, I'm not worried about the offense, and, and I'm not even worried about the offensive line. I think there's enough dudes there to get you a starting five, and the quarterback room is mobile enough to cover up some things, and this offense is pretty quick-paced. and. Uh, we'll want to get the ball out as quick as possible. That 
I don't think the offensive line is going to be as a glaring issue as, uh, you know, if they were running like the power, right? I, I think you yeah. can you can mask some things on the offensive line with this quick tempo offense. Yeah, and if you're gonna if you're gonna RPO and and read some stuff, you can you can make it a little bit easier on yourself. But uh, yeah, I, to me, it's not even like an issue of kind of skill. It'd just be nice to see that there's five solidified there. So you, you know, there's a few spots you have a pretty good idea guys are gonna go and who's gonna be part of the five. But it'd be nice just to hear that. Oh yeah, we got our five. They've been taking you know the snaps together because that's the other part, getting a little bit of that continuity going. So right. Uh, but yeah, I'm not super concerned from like a skill side there it's more of like getting the right group together exactly um Golish said he he wants to hopefully have a quarterback internally named or picked uh by the second scrimmage which is practice 12 um the thing that i thought was interesting is uh the first scrimmage they're going to southeastern university uh to kind of get the game day atmosphere right it's so they're Coaches, coaching boxes, sidelines, everything like that that kind of goes into it. Um, so that would be interesting uh, to see. I guess uh, Radio is probably booked up with the Bucks in training camp and whatnot. And, uh, you know, it's going to be another perk of, of that on-campus stadium uh, coming in, you know, three-ish years. Uh, just another asset for, for this program. Um, let's see. What else is there really to talk about? I think the I think the defense is always it's like you said like freaking prove it first, bro. Yeah, let's see. So it. Like I don't I don't like you. You brought in some talented guys. You brought in Lloyd Tomerall. You brought in DJ Harris. You brought in uh, a bunch of interior guys. You brought in a bunch of DBs again. Um, a lot of returners. You're supposed to be healthy. Only three guys are going to be missing time, um, and none defensively, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Two wide receivers and an O-lineman. O-lineman, so you're not everybody seemingly healthy. I mean, listen, I, I don't know what this guy did. If he, you know, if he, you know, walked under a ladder while a black cat walked in front of him and like he tripped and broke a mirror. But I saw Will Jones in like a, a cast on his right hand. He's been much uh, ballyhooed. And he just hasn't been able to get fully healthy and get like confidence back. It seems like because he was not a real factor last year after the coaches saying he was the best player on defense. Now maybe, maybe that staff wasn't a uh, great at identifying that kind of thing, but man, it's, he certainly seems like a physical specimen when he's healthy, but he's got, he's got the red Jersey on and a big club on his hand, but he, I think he was participating. So and we didn't hear him throw anybody under the bus about his the club on his hand. So that's <laughs> no. a step in the right direction. Um, stupid walk on. Are you kidding me? Mm. Diving for a ball that's uncatchable. Jeez. I'll never get over that. That was the funniest thing I've ever, I had seen in a very long time. Um, as we kind of wrap this up, uh, this, you know, we're, I, I said tight 30. We're going to be probably tight 30 ish. Um, we're going to wrap this up. Seth, I'm going to let you take the take over this part because we basically announced the brand on on Tuesday. We've had too much fanfare. Um, a lot of people have you already joined the pa- the Patreon, the Substack. Uh, the di- we've had some more additions to the Discord that's uh, pushing like 200 strong, uh, nearly 200 strong yeah. at this point. 
what um what can listeners subscribers patreons expect from the bay area examiner as we kind of get into football season and, and what are the options yeah and real quick nathan and i will be at practice on saturday and nathan will, will be going again next week so we'll have a little bit more to say i think on, on the t- first of all it's like first week you know there's no pads on or anything yet so um we might be able to see a little bit of that uh on saturday so we'll have a little bit more on the team more concrete stuff next week but yeah so we launched the bear examiner officially on on august 1st on tuesday we've already got you know uh I was hoping to get um, on the Patreon side. I was hoping to get about 30 people. We're pretty pretty close, but we've got a lot more people in our higher tier than I anticipated, which is good. Uh, but, you know, we've got... So what we decided to do is we wanted to keep a lot of the same stuff we'd been doing free, just as it always has been. So you're listening to this podcast right now on a free feed. You're going to get, uh, if you're on, you got a free college general college football show earlier this week on the same feed, after we're done here, we're going to be recording a Patreon-specific episode. So um, that'll be something that if you are a member of the Patreon at $10 or higher, you'll get another extra episode every week. So, um, But on the free side, you get the Substack, which you mentioned. We've had some people uh, <laughs> give us money up there. We're not asking for money there. We just that's where We want a spot for our written content that's free, that people can frequent just like they did the previous site. And then the podcast two a week are free. So all that stuff is that's kind of even more. And then we'll, once we get into the season, we'll have um, kind of a shorter film room for free as well. So a lot of the same stuff we've been doing, we'll continue to do for free. We just wanted to add some other things. The, the coaching search showed us that there is definitely a void in the market for some reliable reporting. And then since then we've, there's a void in the market for, you know, people that don't constantly condescend to the fan base um, and kind of talk down to USF, you know. So we, we kind of wanted to fill that void. And, and how we think we can do that is through Patreon, um, we're going to have, we have three tiers. We have a $5 tier, a $10 tier, and a $25 tier, which shockingly we've had a lot of people sign up for. So we really got to produce now. Uh, but the $5 tier, Nathan mission, we have a discord that's going to remain free as well. We will have an insider section of that discord that you can only access if you are a patron or a member on Patreon. And that's just for the $5 tier. You also get some exclusive written messages on Patreon as well. That won't be on Substack. but that's $5. Basically that functions for us as our message board that you would see on some of these recruiting sites like rivals and two, four, seven, but we're going to give it to you for half the cost a month we're pretty much going to have the same in- information uh depending on how things shake out at certain sites uh we may have the best information on recruiting football the things you care about if you're listening to this podcast and that'll be for five dollars a month so i know rivals is like 9.99 24 7 runs a lot of uh, specials but they're usually about the same a month we're going to five dollars you can get all the same information ten dollars you get an extra podcast you get the extended film room and the insider message board. So there's a little bit more there. $25, you get um, all that stuff, the extra podcast. So you'll get 12 podcasts a month from us. You'll get the extended film rooms, uh, a monthly meetup in person some months, virtual other months, because we have some people that are outside the area. 
So monthly meetup, kind of a monthly Q and a, uh, we will have exclusive merch. Now we will also be selling. We've had some requests for merch. Uh, people really like the logo. Alex Rigsby helped us with that. He did a great job kind of fulfilling a, <laughs> a bunch of people throwing stuff at him. What about this? Maybe move like that. He did a great job. Uh, we've had some people that say they really love the logo. They want some merch. So we'll do that. But then we're going to do exclusive merch only for the $25 patrons. Once we kind of get everybody settled, we'll start doing shout outs and things like that. It's it's going to be, I think, a lot of fun, a lot of different things and, and, a, a, and a way for us to kind of bring you the best content and get you some insider stuff. And the kind of the, maybe the biggest thing is once we get everything settled, we're going to get all the $25 patrons phone numbers. And when we hear something, it could be kind of gossipy. It could be uh, legit news. We're going to send it to them first. We're going to text it right to their phone. They won't miss it. We, and then we'll put it on discord afterwards. So if you want the quickest insider information that we get, it could be stuff that's actionable. It could be stuff that, Hey, it's just a rumor. We maybe can't report it, but we just want to pass it along. It's a little bit like a, a little bit of a gossip uh, line. That's where you need to join. Uh, we'll get that going here pretty soon. Um, and it should be a lot of fun. So to us, this is kind of, uh, we're, we're the recruiting sites in the local paper. We're directly in competition. We think we can bring you everything they bring you for less money. And if we ask for more money, that means we're bringing you a lot more than they can. So that's kind of uh, what we're doing. Yep, absolutely. Um, with that being said, Seth, I think it's time to record a Patreon show and uh, spill some beans that we haven't been able to talk about. Uh, yeah, if you, if, you, if you heard Nathan say or see on Twitter, hey, this is one we'll talk about if we have a live show. We just changed that. We're going to talk about it on Patreon. So uh, any teases for those stories? If you So if you're a $10 member, $10 a month, which is like, you know, $250 a, a, a week. It's, 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 you get an extra podcast for $250 a week. That's pretty good. Give us a tease, Nathan, for maybe one of the, one of the stories you might tell. Ooh, let's see. Oh, um, it involves Chick-fil-A and a... Former player and uh, fisticuffs. Well, there you go. I mean, those are like two of the best things in life, right? So, all right. Yeah. I think we're out here, Nate. We got to get it. We got to get out. over to the Patreon. Yeah, we do. Go Bulls. Go Bulls.